that's the beauty of having your own your own format. You know, when you have something to say, when you got something on your heart, I can click record and just let it all out. Not to say there's going to be another one of those episodes where I just just go off on a tangent, show emotion, and, you know, get emotional and cry and stuff like that. I'm not going to do that. But <clears throat> I am going to speak on what I feel, what it means to, to be supportive, to be there for people, and to basically show love and appreciation. Now, I've, I've spoken to you guys about, you know, it was just, just simply having this podcast. And, you know, when you're trying to get something off the ground, all you need is a little bit of support from your friends and stuff like that. And I've spoken to you guys about people who who I know, who I've, I've helped, regardless of if they want to admit it or not, I've helped. And they moved on to... You know, bigger and better things. They're, they're living their dreams, and I'm I'm still supportive. I'm still there, still love. But something is showing that same support, showing that same appreciation, that same admiration. It feels like it's so hard to get, but very easy to give. And I feel that I'm in that very few percentile of people who actually live on both sides of that. I get it, true enough, but I also give more than I get. I'm not mad, I'm not hateful, I'm not bitter. This isn't what this what this episode is going to be about, though, but all I'm saying is if you have something that you want in your life, don't let the negativity or the lack of support fill you until it drives you to quit because your friends don't support you or your family don't support you. You you honestly don't need it because if you believe in yourself just that much, who cares if they support you? Who cares if they back you? You're going to get your own fulfillment because you love to do it. My wife and I are, are going to get our own fulfillment from this podcast because it's something that we love to do. We love to do. We go back and listen to past episodes and just sit back and be like, wow, we actually got away with saying that or just just the way that we did the podcast. Like, I remember when I had the soundboard. I want to go back to it because it was fun, but... It just didn't sound as professional as I wanted it to. But we still have a lot of fun with this podcast. And like I said, nothing is going to stop us doing it. But it's just that in my small circle, the way that I live my life, I'm super supportive of everybody in their endeavors. Super supportive. And it used to really get to me when people that I know, like, hey, I got a podcast, you know, you come on, do an episode with me, or, you know, listen to it, support it. You know, 
posting on your, you know, your page, your site or whatever. And I can't even get that. But it's like when I see people, oh, you guys still doing your little podcast and oh, you still got your little thing you do. And this isn't a little thing that my wife and I do. This isn't a a small thing. I mean, we're on multi-platforms and we're being broadcasted through basically everywhere you can find a podcast. You know, Spotify, we're on Anchor, we're on iTunes, Google Play. I'm not saying we're big, but the fact that we have the backing of those corporations, then I feel pretty good about our chances going forward in the future. But what I'm trying to get, basically what I'm trying to get out is I'm very supportive of everyone that I know, including people that I don't know. If it's something that I like that I feel could be beneficial to others, I'm going to I'm going to try to put it out there the best way that I can. I'm going to try to get people going in that direction. Like, hey, check this out. Listen to this. Watch this. Like I said, the um, the author of the book, him, the author of the book, her, he is, his name is Pierre Genti. And basically the books are, you know, basically about relationships and stuff like that. But the appreciation of man, the appreciation of woman. And whenever someone tries to talk to me about my marriage and what makes it what makes what makes it successful, why are we still doing it, why are we still going, I've come across those books probably about six months ago, I want to say. Six to eight months ago. And whenever someone comes to me, I say, hey, Harrison, how are you and Candace still going? What makes, what what keeps it? What ignites you guys every day? I I guide them towards those books. I don't know the, I don't know the gentleman that writes them. I I don't know him personally, but what the books gave me just from having an, another perspective of a relationship. That's to say that everybody has, you know, every every relationship is different, just like every individual is different. But to have that right there, to say, oh my gosh, he said this, then that can help me with that. And I've, I've read plenty of excerpts. I don't have a book in front of me right now to reading the excerpts, but I've spoken on it on this podcast before. That's a tool there. That's not me trying to answer every question. Oh, the, all the all the answers you need is right there on Get My Husband Off My Podcast. And that's not true. That's not true because all of our answers have to do with us. All of our questions have to do with us. All of our experiences have to do with us. We only tell you guys for entertainment. We don't tell you guys as as, as a blueprint to follow. So to say, basically to get back to what I was saying, I reach out to other people that help me, even if I know them or not. So I basically give it as well. 
you know, it's a getting, it's a give. I give it as well. I'm not looking for any gain. I'm not looking for any sponsorship. I'm not looking for anything from that particular individual or any individual or any business or any site that I choose to tell you guys about. Because a lot of people these days that, that, I, that I come across that I know personally are basically out for themselves. And I'm not trying to down you. Pardon me. I'm not trying to down you. I'm not trying to say that that's a bad thing. But when you're out for yourself, you only have so far that you can go. I feel. Once again, this is just my opinion. But I feel you only have so far that you can go. You only have so many times you can tell the same story. You can have so many times you can use the same words even. Because a lot of people that I listen to, when you when you hear them talk, it's, it's the same thing. There's no difference in speech. There's no difference in vocabulary. I'm not saying you have to have a vast vocabulary of words you use to get your point across or basically tell a story or to get people interested in you. But when you use the same words to describe everything, I tend to not want to listen to you anymore. And to get back onto the whole, you know, you basically out for, out for yourself, out for yourself thing that I was speaking on, I can't really look at people, look at people or listen to them and then try to get something out of what they're saying when they say the same thing all of the time. I try to find new ways to explain myself. Me and my wife try to find new ways to get our podcast out there. It's not the same thing. We don't talk about the same things every episode. We don't do the same things. We don't record the same. All of our episodes are different. Because we're not trying to chase this or chase that. We're not trying to be trendy. We just want to stick with being who we are. But it goes back to saying that everyone is out for themselves. Because the people that I talked to, I was like, hey, let's let's get together like in the past. Let's get now I actually I'm not I'm not speaking on anything now because right now I actually have a good person that I'm linking up with for a few future episodes because we have a we have a couple of people that we sort of talk to that have a different opinion on things. And we're going to, things in the works, basically the same things in the works. But in the past, I've come across people that I know and I say, hey, you know, me and my wife have a podcast and their first thing is, what's a podcast? Or are you on the radio or are you trying to be on the YouTube and stuff like that? I'm like, not necessarily, not right now, but a couple of months down the line, I find they're trying to do a podcast or they're starting a podcast. And I'm like, I'm not saying that I could have helped you. I'm not saying you were supposed to do my show, but it would have just been nice just to reach out as a friend, as, you know, as a loved one, just, just to reach out and be like, oh man, that's nice. That's good. That's a good thing you're trying to do just to show support. And... <clears throat> I could go on and on about 
myself trying to reach out to people and not really getting the same reciprocated. And you know, like I like I was stating before, that really got to me for a while. For a long time, it really got to me. I used to come home and I used to tell Candace all of the time. I'm like, my goodness, why aren't I treated the same? I love and love and love and love and love. And all I'm getting back is like, you know, I'm not saying you have to do the same thing for everybody. I'm not saying what I do for you, you have to do for me. But if I'm that much of a friend and that much of a person that cares for you and your life and your ideas and and your business and stuff like that, just show the same. Show the same appreciation. And once again, I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. I'm not jealous. I don't have a jealous bone in my body. But it just goes to show that just like we was just like we were stating in last week or a couple of days ago in that episode about how people if you're on top you're supposed to take me with you. I feel if you're on top I'm following your I'm I'm following your blueprint and I'm going to make it my own and I'm going to be right there with you and I'm going to share in your success and not take from your success there's enough out there for everybody but too many people feel that it isn't too many people feel that if I tie into what you do I'm taking it from you or I'm trying to make it my own or I'm trying to make it not about you anymore Like I said, I don't have that kind of bone in my body. That's not myself. That's not who I am. I'm I'm huge on building, and I'm real and I'm I'm real strong in loyalty. Real strong on loyalty. I'm sorry. I'm a very loyal person. Almost to an extent to where it's a bad thing. So basically, where I should walk away from people. Or I shouldn't do what I do for these people. I should just leave them alone. But I don't. It's in me to just to say keep going. Or it's in me to say good job. Or it's in me to say, you know, you're doing a good thing. Or, you know, just don't worry about it. Keep going. Keep going. Keep fighting. It's like I had a conversation with a person today. Just, just keep going. It'll happen. It'll happen. But it seems when I need to have those same conversations with somebody other than my wife or, hell, my kids even, I'm, I feel that I'm not being heard. And like I said, it got to me before. It doesn't get to me now, but I'm, I'm fine. I'm over it. <clears throat> but that just goes to show that, once again, if you have something in your life, that you're passionate about, that you're willing to risk yourself for, then continue. Don't stop. Don't let no one's words or affections or feelings or whatever towards what you do for yourself and your own happiness affect you doing it. So all I'm I'm basically saying is just keep going. 
keep going. If they don't agree with you or if they don't like it, so what? Who cares? It's for you. It's your life. They can't live it for you. So just go out there and try to be as happy as you possibly can. And, you know, just learn to learn to first take criticism because I've had that problem before where I couldn't take criticism. I would always think that I was getting punished for something. Now I realize I'm not. But it's just, just learn to take criticism. And just keep going, basically. Basically, just 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 keep going. Because you're gonna do good. You're gonna do great if you have strong faith, belief, commitment, and consistency. You're gonna do great. That goes with anything: fitness goals, personal goals, uh, work-related goals, relationship goals, anything. Faith, belief, confidence, consistency, and there you go. You can't fail. You can't fail. You're going to have your doubters. You're going to have your haters. But who gives a fuck? You can't fail. But to further on what my wife and I was talking about last week about the passing of Nipsey Hussle, what I'm seeing so far now with the continued support and the continued admiration for him and his family and his goals and his beliefs, it's still a it's a beautiful thing to see. It's a beautiful thing to see. Like all the gangs that's united and everything like that. Hopefully it keeps hopefully it keeps up. It's like worldwide and united. So that's a beautiful thing to see. Hope it keeps going. Still rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. I love what the police are doing in those areas. I really love what the gangs are doing because you're not being told what to do. You're not being pressured into anything. So I love that. Honestly, I love that. Prayer keeps going. Prayer keeps up. Let's keep his let's keep his message and his beliefs alive. Alright. You may not hear my wife this episode. It's pretty much gonna be all me, everybody in the house is asleep. Like I said, I was a little restless. Still trying to come down off of um off of watching WrestleMania. <clears throat> I love wrestling, so you know WrestleMania is a big thing around, you know, around this time. You know, myself, myself, Candace, the kids, we get around, we watch WrestleMania, we have fun. It was a pretty good show for you guys who didn't watch it. Or if you did, I hope you I hope you really enjoyed it. It's a pretty good show. Uh, Seth Rollins beat Brock Lesnar for the title. That was a pretty quick match, but predictable. I pretty much figured Brock Lesnar was going to lose because of his ties with the UFC. And he has to get ready for a title fight in a couple of months, you know, so... Pretty predictable there, um, but the surprise for me was uh, actually Hulk Hogan, honestly. Hearing Hulk Hogan's music, I got choked up a little bit because when I was little, I remember, like I said, I don't know if I told you guys this story, but I, I met him on an elevator a long time ago when I was six, 
because they used to come to St. Louis a lot. You know, St. Louis is a big pro wrestling pro wrestling city. He's come to St. Louis a lot, and I met him and Mr. Wonderful Paul Ondorf on the elevator. And I cried, you know, because I was nervous as hell. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, when I heard his music, it brought back all of those all of those moments of me sitting there in my room with that huge eight-foot Hulk Hogan poster that I had and all my wrestling figures and the movies that I had and the Hulk Hogan vitamins I used to take. And I used to love the um, WWF ice cream bars. Those damn things was delicious, man. I swear those things was delicious. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, it was a good show. Kofi Kingston won the title, which was good to see. Becky Lynch won the titles, which was good to see. Uh, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins won the tag titles, <laughs> which was also good to see because they were on an incredible losing streak. I think almost 200 matches or more. They lost, well, Kurt Hawkins lost in a row, almost 200-plus matches in a row. So it was good to see him win. I know it's all scripted and predictable, but the emotion that it brings to people, you know, seeing Kurt Angle have his last match, the emotion that that that, that carries, you know, it's, it's pretty big. Seeing Kofi Kingston's kids and the New Day in the ring celebrating their emotions, stuff like that, that stuff is real. The emotion is real. You know, the, the outcome may be predicted. A lot, of this, a lot of it is scripted. They're not really hitting each other, not really bumping their heads. We know. But to see those performers tell, the, tell that story, it's a beautiful thing. It really is a beautiful thing. So I've, I've really enjoyed, I've really enjoyed WrestleMania. We really did. So, I'm going to read something that's on this song. This is a complete side. This is a complete side thing right here. At my job, we have this Women's History Month poster. All right, I'm gonna read to you guys in order. In order, Women's Women's History Month. There's Dorothy Vaughn, Katherine Johnson, Mary Jackson, Nassau mathematicians, three brilliant. African-American women at Nassau served as the brains behind one of the greatest operations in history, the launch of the astronaut John Glenn into orbit. It was a stunning achievement that restored the nation's confidence, turned around the space race, and galvanized the world. Beautiful accomplishment, beautiful recognition for beautiful women, believe they made a movie about it that I didn't see, so don't ask me about it. Alright, next <laughs> next woman, Margaret E. Knight, inventor. Margaret invented an attachment for paper bag folding machines that allowed the production of square bottom bags, which she patented in 1870. I'm gonna come back to that one. If I'm if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, ma'am, I apologize. Malaya Yousafzai, I believe. Yousafzai. Malaya is a Pakistani activist for female education and the youngest Nobel Peace Prize laureate. She is known for human rights advocacy, especially the education of women and children in her native Swat Valley in Khyber Pakhtunkhwa, Northeast Pakistan. 
Anna Snook, Snook's founder, where I work, it all started with mom. Anna opened the first retail store in 1939, a confectionery in North St. Louis. Anna's potato, Anna's potato salad went from a family favorite to a bestseller. Three of them women were excellent for this Women's History Month, you know, bulletin. I'm starting to think Margaret E. Knight was just added because they couldn't really find nobody else to talk about. I really don't care about a paper bag folding machine, to be honest with you guys. Like, I, I, I really don't care about a paper bag folding machine. And why was she championing for sitting there thinking like, you know what, I got all this damn paper. I got all these sacks that I'm just trying to fill. And then I've... I, I I really I really wish I knew how to fold them faster. <laughs> I don't know what went through Margaret E. Knight's mind. I really don't know what through her mind when she made the paper bag folding machine. But but that's her. That's she's she's a great woman in history for some reason. But uh, <laughs> but to be honest with y'all, I think they could have just went with 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 three of them women and left the other corner of that poster blank. But uh, <laughs> that was just something that caught me at work, y'all. But uh, I want to speak on something real quick. Normally, myself and my wife have these conversations with each other. But this particular time, I'm going to see if I can tackle it and not, and not come off as of sounding too biased myself. Are breaks in relationships necessary? I I honestly don't think breaks in relationships are necessary because if you feel you need a break in a relationship, I honestly don't think that you should be with that person. I honestly don't think that person is 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 honestly worth your time to be honest with you if if you feel that okay I need to walk away from you right now I don't know if my wife can say the same thing but I honestly honestly think she she will agree with me on this one we've never really t- taken a a break really I mean we have but it wasn't really for that reason wasn't really for the reason of oh well you know let's just let's just take a break let's just take a break no it was always a reason why it wasn't just a let's let's take a break no it wasn't that i honestly feel that the people that feel they need breaks in relationships should really get out of that relationship altogether because when you say you want to take a break that means you've pretty much found somebody else that you kind of want to kind of want to get with and you just don't want to feel guilty about it because you're still in a relationship so all I'm saying is I don't feel that breaks are necessary you just need to be honest with your significant other and you know hope that they understand and be like okay this is this is good this is healthy because if you leave them they're just going to think you're just leaving them 
for someone else. But if you're honest with them and be honest and say, I, I want to see where this is going. Well, if you want to see where this is going, we don't need a break. If you want to see if you have feelings for me or see if you can, you know, be with me longer than longer than right now, we don't need a break. We actually need to come together a little bit more and maybe I need to trust you with telling you this or trust you with telling you that. Maybe I need to open up more. I don't feel that we need a break in order to find ourselves within each other. There's been plenty of songs about it, you know, taking a break and, you know, I'll come back and stuff like that. No, I honestly don't feel that a break is needed in relationships unless something happened. Like you hurt them or it's constant arguing. If it's constant arguing, then you don't need to be. You really don't need to be in that relationship. So just, just step away from it. So no, I don't think breaks are necessary in relationships. Like I said, only only way I feel that if you're needing a break from a person is if you did something wrong or you want to step out of the relationship with someone else. Because that person is going to feel that anyways. There's never been a relationship that I know of that took a break and then just came right back with nothing happened. Nothing happened. Oh, nothing happened. I was actually just taking a break. Well, why were you taking a break? Was I getting on your nerves or was it something about me that you didn't like? See, you're going to have to open up and explain a lot of things that you really shouldn't have to explain. So if you don't want to, you know, take a break, then don't. You shouldn't be forced into anything in a relationship. And if you feel that time apart is going to help you figure that out, then so be it. But first of all, be open, be honest, and be truthful. So don't just say, well, I'm going to take a break and that person is just going to accept it as that. So, next thing is... Honestly, want to speak on. Sorry about this, guys. You know, I'm, it's like it's one o'clock in the morning, and I'm not tired. But you know, I'm still gonna just get out there, get this podcast done to the best of my ability. Hopefully, you guys enjoy it. Hopefully, I'm not boring you guys too much with all this rambling that I do. This one here is going to be a little bit, a little sensitive for me because when I spoke last week on, when I just Googled, you know, 10 year old and I found out a lot of, a lot of kids harm themselves at 10 years old, whether it's suicide, whether it's bullying or whatever, whatever, you tend to come to understand a lot during those years understand a lot about society, understand why are kids saying these words or why, you know, why are my mother and my father going through these problems or something like that. You tend to, you know, you're starting to see things for your own. You're starting to come into your own. Now, my kids, our kids have pretty much been this way. It seems, seemingly since birth, <laughs> they came out with their own opinions. They came out with their own you know, ways of doing things. I honestly feel that these children just just came out and they're here now. I don't think me and my wife taught these kids anything, but um, <laughs> but um, I'm 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 not trying to joke. I'm just I'm just I'm just saying. 
But uh, I feel that right now, the ages that our kids are, you know, six to thirteen, almost, almost, almost seven to fourteen, we need to start those conversations, especially with our daughters. You know, starting their period so early at eight and ten. Now they need to understand the changes. You know, my son's 13. He's He needs to understand the changes. My other son is almost 12. You need to understand the, the, the changes. You're becoming an adult. Certain things are going to happen to you. And personally, certain things are going to happen to you personally. But also, socially, things are changing daily socially. So we need to... First of all, educate ourselves as parents and still be able to to not hover over our children as most parents do. Just stand to the side and walk with them and not ahead of them or not walk behind them as to let them walk into a mistake, but walk on the side to know that if you do just happen to slip up, we're right there with you. I'm not walking in front of you because I'm not trying to I'm not trying to block you from living your life. I'm not trying to stop you from experiencing things. I'm not trying to stop you from making mistakes. I'm just going to be there to make sure that the severity of of that mistake isn't isn't too bad because we also don't want our children repeating our mistakes. That's the main thing. At least I don't you know, and I know my wife doesn't either. I don't want our children repeating our mistakes. And, well, you know, you did it, so I figured I could. No, not that, none of that. We're not going to have that. We're going to, we've already been down that road. You guys don't have to. I'm not saying, <clears throat> I'm not trying to nurture them. I'm not trying to baby them. Because we know life is going to hit. I'm just... My wife and I are just trying to be there to make sure those blows aren't too hard for our children because we know how hard it can be. But back to what I was saying, what can parents do to raise awareness about youth committing suicide? Read a couple of statistics. You know, according to the CDC, Suicide is the third leading cause of death for youth between the ages of 10. There's that 10-year-old again. Between the ages of 10 and 24. And results in approximately 4,600 lives lost each year. As we hear of more and more children taking their own lives before they even had a true opportunity to live. I'm going to stop right there. Because I feel that the pressure of social media, the pressure of of needing to basically the, the pressure of needing to stay ahead, and when I say stay ahead, I mean having the, the, the best clothes, the best shoes, making sure you know the latest lingo. Did I just say lingo? I meant slang. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm almost 40. I'm sorry. Making sure you know the latest slang and, 
and that you aren't behind on anything. So, you know, our kids walk into this house every day with a different dance or a different word or a different artist or a different uh, YouTube video or something like that. And me and my wife are constantly playing catch up. We're constantly playing catch up just to make sure our children are being exposed to something that they can't handle or they shouldn't be exposed to. But still, it goes back to that they have to live thing. Yeah, they got to live, true enough. But also, a lot of this stuff that they're doing these days shouldn't happen. So let's get back to this unfortunate suicide thing. I honestly feel that a lot a lot of it has to do with social media and the need to stay ahead. With social media bleeds into your education, it bleeds into the school, and it bleeds into your your social life, your personal life. It bleeds into that. Because you honestly, honestly, let's let's be truthful here. Whenever someone posts something on social media, you have that in your brain, in your mind, that you want it to hit a hundred views, a hundred likes, a thousand views, a thousand likes, a million or whatever. You want to hit a certain number. Because we're all constantly checking to make sure that, oh, nobody liked it. I got a podcast, and I'm checking it to make sure I hit over a certain mark. And if I don't hit over a certain mark, I'm starting to think, like, man, what am I doing wrong? What am I saying wrong? When my hashtagging wrong, is the topics, is the title wrong, you know, what's, what's happening, what's happening? Am I posting it at the wrong time? You know, that can sort of, that can sort of mess with you. Now, put me in in the mind of a 10-year-old child. I don't want to be bullied. I just want to be liked. I just want to make friends. I just want to be popular. Even if being popular means we're laughing at your pain. Even if being popular means that stupid song you like. If you singing and dancing to it, it's funny, but you don't like doing it, but you're getting laughs. Or, or, you know, anything. The way you pronounce the word, anything, because I've seen plenty of videos where they're, they're getting millions of views and I just don't see the entertainment. But like I said, that could be a, that could be a bad thing, and it is a bad thing when you're constantly living your life's through these social media apps, through Instagram, through Facebook. A lot of the times I've seen plenty of fights off of somebody said something on Facebook. I ain't even on Facebook. I'm not even on Facebook. But I've seen plenty of fights, plenty of arguments, plenty of friendships lost, plenty of marriages lost, plenty of relationships gone just because of what you post. It shouldn't be that serious, but it is. It's like I just stated, ages 10 to 24, they're taking their lives. 4,600 lives lost a year. That's 4,600 more doctors, lawyers, teachers, firefighters, politicians, just impactful people in society who don't have the nurturing around them, who don't have the care and compassion around them 
For when they are faced with bullying, when they are faced with hatred, they don't have anybody to turn to. You know, my wife and I are really trying to build that foundation within our children and others whom we're related to, whom we're friends with. We're trying to build that, that we're here. If you don't want to talk to your parents about something, we're here. Listeners of this podcast, if you got something on your mind that you can't get out, let's see if we can get it out together. You know, I'm I'm willing to talk to women as well. My, my wife is willing to talk to men as well. We're here. We're trying to do our part. So that number of 10 to 24, that 4,600 lives lost a year, it goes down. It goes down. It stays down. There is a future. I want to be a part of that. That scares me because I have children in there in that age range, in that age range, I'm sorry, 10 to 24. They're faced with those same fears. Daddy, why am I getting talked about? Why is this happening? Why is that happening? And when I was coming up, when I got talked about, I fought. I fought constantly in school. Constantly. Like I said, growing up in the 80s and the 90s, it wasn't as hard as it is now. I always say it's harder now because you have so much against you. Just, just, just waking up in the morning, you gotta make the right post. You, you know, you gotta make the right Facebook post. You gotta make the right Instagram. You know, the Instagram picture has to be has to be filtered a certain way and stuff like that. A lot of that, a lot of that can get in your mind and that could mess you up. I see now. I see now that these children these days they got it. It's, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, just look at the schoolwork. If you guys have children or little brothers or little sisters or little cousins who you help out with their homework, look at how hard it is. Look at the questions they ask these six-year-olds. Look at the questions. Look at the math they have to do. Look at all of the homework that they have. That's pressure. And then on top of that, you got to make sure you look right. You're faced with all of this pressure, and I just try to be, you know, my wife and I, we just try to be those parents or those people who tries to take off a little bit of that pressure. Instead of trying to get all of that homework done in one night, if you got four days to do it, let's break it up in a little bit. Let's break it up into three days. That way you're not rushing through something. That way you're not trying to hurry up and get it done. You know, we still make sure that we have fun with our kids. We still, we still make sure we talk to them. We still make sure we, we try our hardest to get to know their everyday lives. Not to say to my wife and I, they're just trying to be our children's friends because we're not. That's not what we're doing. But we're trying to make sure they know they can come to us just as much as they can go to a friend. 
because your friend is not only is, is only going to do one thing. That first thought, that first idea you have in your brain, go ahead and do it. Take that drink, try that drug, sleep with that girl, sleep with that boy, go ahead and do it. Just so you can be popular, just so you can have friends. No. Nobody's going to listen to that second, third, and fourth option. It's always the first one. Oh, yeah, do that, do that. Go fight him, go fight her. You heard what she said, you heard what he said. You know, we're trying to be that that voice of reason that isn't always listened to. That isn't the popular way. You know, I got people in my life right now who don't come around me as much as they used to because I'm on that that path to where I'm trying to evolve in every way that I possibly can. I'm not trying to sit around smoking and drinking and all of that stuff. I go to work, I come home. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying I haven't made my mistakes. I go to work, I come home. And when I do talk to people, I try to give them something. I try to give them something. Something. It may not be everything, but I try to give them something. A conversation, some uplifting words. I just got done cutting my friend's hair. Just to give him a little bit of something because I can't give him everything, but I can try. I can try to do what I can. Just to make that that number go down. I'm trying to be as involved in children's lives as I possibly can. In the youth's lives as I possibly can. And my wife as well. I just hope that we can make a difference. I just hope that the people who listen in the GMHONP is listening to it for motivation. Don't listen to myself for comedy. Don't listen to me for comedy. I mean, I know we have our episodes where we do nothing but laugh, where we do nothing but, you know, try to, you know, try to keep the humor going and stuff like that. But a lot of the times you guys need to hear real life. A lot of the times we need to heal real life because as you guys know, we don't hide anything. We don't hide anything over here. When we lost our house a couple of weeks ago or three, four weeks ago or whatever, when we lost our house, we were faced with honestly being homeless until my wife picked all of us up, picked all of us up and said, nope. I'm not going to let my grandmother's house go into, go into foreclosure. We're going to take everything we got and we're going to move into we're going to move in there. We know we're going to be faced with a lot of roadblocks. We know we're going to be faced with a lot of naysayers. But we're going to try to keep everybody together the best way we know how and do everything the best way we know how. But we're still faced with a lot of problems. We're still faced with a lot of with a lot of naysayers and negativity, but we're still trying to be here for everybody the best way we know how. But back to the back to the suicide thing that I was talking about. That's that's heavy. It's heavy on me when I turn my phone on or when somebody says, you know, did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? Trying to make a difference. Starting with my children, moving on to others, just to see 
What can possibly be done to stop it? What can possibly be done to be there for every child, whether it's through neighbors or whether it's through, you know, through this podcast or through YouTube videos or through song or through whatever these children, these youth, the youth need to know that they're not alone. So whatever you can do in your community, in your area, on your platform, try to do it. Try to let people know that you are a beacon. You can be a beacon of light to them. You can be a safe haven to them. You don't have to give everything or give money. A lot of the times it's just being someone there that they can listen to. I feel. I'm not saying I have all of the answers. I'm just hoping to have some opinions that, that people can actually listen to and give it a try. Just just listen to them. Be there for them. Protect them. Because if it was yours, you would want someone to protect as well. You would want someone to help you as well. So even if you have no children, or even if you're living the best life you can possibly live, every not not everyone is it. And no, I'm not saying you owe it to anybody because you worked for your life. You worked to put yourself in certain positions. You don't owe anybody anything. But for your blessings to grow, so for so your so your for your personal harvest to grow and to reap everything that God wants to give to you. It's all about opening up your heart and opening up your mind to better the situation around you, not just your space. The situation around you needs to be better. It needs to be better for everything to come together. So that's basically the message that I'm trying to get across with that one. It's just because you live in a brick house. Everyone around you lives in straw homes. You know, the brawl that <laughs> from the three little pigs. <laughs> everyone else. And what I mean when I say that, that you live in a brick house and everybody else lives in straw homes. They don't have the foundation you have. Teach them how. That's, that's basically what I mean. Teach them how to build brick by brick. Positivity is contagious. We have to spread it just as quick as we spread the negativity. We have to spread the positivity. I don't know if you guys recall an episode a long time ago. You know, my wife and I were becoming foster parents. You know, to a little guy who was one one was my little cousin, the other was my little cousin's brother. And uh, the reason why I'm saying that is because now I have the opportunity to actually step in for my little cousin and take him into her into our home as. You know, basically the parental rights will be signed over to myself and my wife, I believe. That's a big step for us. And when we pray, we don't pray for... 
specific things. We don't pray for individual things unless it's a sickness or something like that. We don't pray for individual things. We just pray to be guided in the right direction. And this is the third time that this little guy has been placed in front of us to possibly take, to possibly be there for him and take him in and be that nurturing, guiding figure that I know myself and my family can be, can be for him. I'm not worried at all. I just just pray that in a couple of days everything works out in our favor and honestly, my uncle's favor because, you know, he's currently incarcerated. But I know he's going to be out soon. I just talked to him a couple of hours ago. I know he's going to be home soon. And like I told him, I'm not stepping in to try to take over, to try to take your son from you. I'm not doing that. I'm stepping in so your son can know who you are because I don't want to be I don't want to have it on me that this little guy could have been involved with his father because I know from personal experience how important that is. My wife knows from personal experience how important that is to have your father in your life, your father, or just a father figure. Now, I know I, I, know I could be a positive father figure to him, but the fact that I have myself and his father there that little guy wouldn't want for anything, plus my wife, plus my children, my mother, my little brother, everyone involved for not only this little guy, for my kids as well. You know, that could be a beautiful thing that could go along with building and showing everyone that it can be done to lessen that number of the suicide rate from 10 to 10 to 24-year-olds that I spoke on a few minutes ago. And, you know, like me, me and my wife have had these conversations before where if we could, we'll take every, you know, orphan and every child that that's, that's being wronged because even though we don't have that much room physically, emotionally, we have all the room in the world and we're going to find a way. Now, granted, we have... Granted, we we've had a lot of issues within our marriage and our relationship but one thing I know when we come together we come together and we know how to be good people so hopefully everything works out for us hopefully everything works out for us Tuesday to where we can be influential to this little guy and like I said, I know it all. I know it all will. I believe in my heart that it will. So we'll keep you guys posted on that. Just to let you know that we're trying to do our part. I'm not just speaking this. This isn't just, just talk because it's the right thing to say. No, we're actually trying to live our lives like this. We're actually living our lives this way. To try to make the world a better place. Because I don't want my children growing up in a world to where they, you know, it's a 10 to 24, 10, 
10 it's, it's a rate it's a high rate of 10 to 24 year old deaths just from lack of opportunity or lack of understanding lack of guidance lack of compassion I don't want to do my part in in adding to it I don't want to turn away from anybody I want to try to do my part for everyone Hopefully it'll work out. Hopefully I'll be alive to see the change in the world. Myself and my family included. We'll be alive to see the change in the world. We'll be a cause of the change in the world. Because when this movie we call Life ends, I want to be a part of the credits. My wife, I want my wife to be a part of the credits. I want my children to be a part of the credits. As people who were influential, when it says thank you, when God says thank you to all the influential members of 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 of, of, of planet Earth, <laughs> when God says thank you to everybody who tried to make a difference, I want to be a part of that. I just want to have a little spot in those long credits of people and that long list of people who made a difference I want to be a part of that I know it sounds stupid but you guys understand what I'm saying I want to be a part of the people that made a difference and that's what I'm trying to do whenever I see an opportunity to smile at someone or say how are you or to ask if or you know are you needing anything or having a good day, or when I'm jogging, I make sure when I pass someone, I speak. Or when I'm walking and when I'm at work, I make sure when I pass someone, I speak. That has brought me so much joy in my life for someone to come back and say, hey, remember when you said such and such? Or remember when you said this and that? There's people right now who two months ago wouldn't say a word to me that are now having deep conversations with me. Because I showed them that there can be good. You don't have to be fearful of a black person just because you're an older white man or a woman. You don't have to be feared of a big, big, you know, big tattooed man walking around. You don't have to be fearful of that. You don't have to be fearful of me because I'm different. Because if you close your eyes, we're the same person. We have the same compassion. We speak the same language. We laugh at the same jokes sometimes. We share the same similarities. But when you open your eyes, that's when the differences come in. You don't hate me because my views on religion or politics or because I haven't seen Star Wars. That's another thing I'm going to get into. To decide, no, no, I've never seen Star Wars. I don't know if I ever told you guys that I've never seen Star Wars. Either one of them. But anyway... Just because I've never seen a certain movie or read a certain book, you don't like me. No, you don't like me because of what I look like. I try to change that. And I know I've done my part in changing that. I know I have. I know I have. And I hope to continue. I hope to tell you guys later this week that my wife and I have made a difference. I don't know how having six kids is going to be, but I know it's not going to be a problem. I know that.
not going to be a problem having six kids. Because I know I'm making a difference. I know I'm helping. I know I can be a positive influence on this little guy. And if we don't, if we wind up not getting them, it's not going to be the end of the world for myself. I'm going to continue to try. I'm still going to want to be involved in his life. I'm still going to want his father to be involved in his life. His mother, even even though I don't know her, you know, I'm still going to try to do what I can. And that's the beauty of life, to just try to do what you can. Be as positive as you can be. Because you don't know. You don't know that person that you turn away or that person that you don't help. And I'm not saying you have to open your doors or give all your money to or give all your food to. It's just whatever you can give, even if it's a prayer. Those are free, but they are, they're the most precious thing on earth. When you said, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to try to open doors for you that you couldn't open. I'm going to try to help you seek God. That's the ultimate gift. Like I said, we're going to keep you guys posted on that and hopefully everything works out in our favor. Um, not to say that sports is, is a, it's a slow time for sports. It's not. You got baseball. I don't watch baseball at all. So, um... <laughs> We got the NCAA tournament happening. And Virginia Tech is playing Virginia Tech. I'm sorry. Texas Tech is playing Virginia tonight. Monday. Monday tonight. I don't have a favorite. I actually had a favorite with Duke because, you know, R.J. Barrett, Zion Williamson, Cam Reddish. I like their team, stuff like that, so. I actually had them winning it all, but that didn't happen. But Zion Williamson still had an amazing, amazing freshman season at Duke. You know, it didn't end, it didn't end the way that he wanted it to, but winning player of the year. I believe um, Zion, Kevin Durant, and uh, Anthony Davis were the only freshmen to win college player of the year, national player of the year, which is a great achievement, you know. And it's already looking like Zion Williamson is going to have that sort of impact when he comes into the league. And I don't want to discredit. I don't want to discredit the Baylor Bears and the women's in the women's division. They won uh, yesterday, I believe. They beat Notre Dame. And for those of you guys who know about college basketball, women's college basketball, the UConn. Tennessee dominating for forever. But, you know, the Baylor Bears have come up, Notre Dame has come up, and they actually they actually had a very good game that went down to the wire. You know, the uh, Baylor won with like four seconds left, something like that. So congrats to them. And honestly, good luck. Good luck to Virginia and Texas Tech. You know, hopefully. Hopefully that can be a good game as well. I know college basketball is filled with emotion and love for those respective sports. 
You know, you tend to lose that love when you got millions and millions of dollars involved. But that's why I, I, I honestly feel, I honestly feel they should pay collegiate athletes. At least if not, at least if not with money, they should pay them. Uh, basically, you know, because you know how you hear about collegiate athletes getting 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 in trouble for um getting in trouble for you know accepting food, accepting a piece of pizza or something like that, and they lose their scholarships or whatever. But, you know, I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying pay them like that. I'm just saying they should get a stipend. Like, you know, $1,000 a month or something like that. That doesn't go on room and board because if they got a scholarship, room and board should be free. They should get like $1,000 a month, $1,500 a month, you know, if their grades are kept, if they're excelling excelling athletically and academically. They should get a $1,500 stipend that goes for, for food so they don't have to work two or three jobs two or three jobs to pay for room and board and stuff like that and still try to excel in class and still try to excel athletically. That stuff should be taken care of. It honestly should. To me, I, I feel that, that I feel it should be taken care of. I honestly do. I honestly feel that the, the money that's being made off of these collegiate athletes is frightening because like I said, if they take a cheeseburger, if they if somebody give them a cheeseburger, or somebody give them a piece of pizza, they can lose their their, their eligibility and be kicked out of school. So I feel that if you make billions, like if you Alabama or North Carolina, or Duke or whatever, whatever, you making billions, millions off of these kids. Fifteen hundred dollars a month isn't gonna hurt you. That's actually gonna help you because they're gonna try harder. They're gonna get recruits, you know, you know, stuff like that. But um, I want to stay on collegiate sports. I spoke on Michael Avenetti during uh during our episode on R. Kelly because he was actually the prosecutor trying to get R. Kelly locked up, which he should be anyway. That's 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 a whole other thing. But Michael Avenetti is really finding himself in hot water with Nike. I believe it was embezzlement or something like that. He's being he's being investigated on. But he alleged that Nike paid bribes to families of top collegiate basketball recruits, which isn't anything new. It's nothing new. But he's saying that Nike bribed over 100 basketball players. Once again, nothing new. Um, DeAndre Aiden, uh, Phoenix Stars draft pick, um, Bo Bo, Oregon's top player, uh, Brandon McCoy was mentioned, Zion Williamson was mentioned. I honestly, honestly think that that's been going on forever since collegiate sports came about. That's been going on forever, and just like gambling, just like you know, sports enhancing drugs, you know, performance enhancing drugs. I'm sorry, you're not gonna, you're not gonna completely get rid of it. And you're not gonna completely get rid of it. And like I said, those kids should be paid. They should be paid. I'm not saying their parents should be given houses and sh- they shouldn't get shoe deals and stuff like that. You know, no, no. Those 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 kids worked for uh, worked in their respective sport or their respective field to get that art 
you know, scholarship or that business scholarship or that, you know, basketball scholarship, football or golf or tennis or whatever, whatever. They worked for it. They shouldn't have to work extra hard just to keep it. I know if, they're, if they were accepted into your university, their room and board should be taken care of from what they did to get there, and they should be given $1,500 a month, I'd say, just for, just, just for incentives, for whatever they, whatever they feel is necessary. Food, and you know, just, just to make sure they can get back and forth to class. There's, there's things of that nature. So I feel that they should be paid. I honestly do. I honestly do feel that they should be paid. Like I said, not millions of dollars, nothing like that. No, not in college. But if you're making millions of dollars off of them with your TV deal or your deal with Nike, you know, a lot of these, not a lot of these colleges got deals with Nike for their uniforms, for their uh, practice facilities, for their sponsorships and stuff like that. So why can't the star athlete get the same or get a piece of that, honestly. So, but yeah, it's sort of funny how Michael Avenetti went from, you know, being the reason R. Kelly was going to get locked up to now possibly facing years himself. That's, that's crazy, but... uh. sleeping in the bed with his big brother he doesn't like having his own room now he slept in that room for three straight weeks now all of a sudden he's like daddy I won't sleep by myself no more which is understandable that's okay he's only six he look he, he looks 12 but he's only six so I understand that but uh, I'm just watching him making sure he's okay but uh like I said they should be paid they honestly should they honestly should be paid I'm trying to think, was it something else that I'm missing? I think I covered everything that I had on my docket. Oh, no, 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 I didn't. Last but not least, I'm going to stick with sports, but I'm going to switch it to boxing because I don't watch baseball. I find baseball boring. I used to play it a lot when I was little, but, you know, well, now I don't even watch it anymore. But anyways, Clarissa Shields. Youngest female, uh, youngest female Olympian, youngest female gold medal Olympian, I believe, in boxing. Because she, she's only 24 now. She became the youngest champion, I believe, as well. But she has a fight with a highly decorated fighter and Christina Hammer on uh, April. Is it this Saturday? I believe it is this Saturday. I want to say it is this Saturday, April 13th. I want to say it is. And that's going to be an amazing fight. I actually hope she wins because she's a, she's a great, she, she represents Flint, Michigan to the fullest. She's always aware of everything that's going on, including the water crisis and everything like that. She's a great role model. Even though she has a little attitude, but who doesn't have an attitude? Who wouldn't have an attitude where you got everybody trying to step in the ring and take your head off? I wouldn't be nice to them neither. And, you know, she's, she's, she's very good on social media. She speaks to everybody. My, her and myself have actually shared a few words. You know, I've told her, I've told her, good luck, champ. Well, you know, appreciate, you know, appreciate, you know, watching. 
know, I've told her, good luck, champ. You know, appreciate, appreciate watching you grow and stuff like that. And really enjoy watching you grow into the fighter that you are now. And, you know, she's always said something back or like the comment or whatever, you know, which is good, which is good. Um, another thing, got a, a appreciation and a celebration dinner for my basketball team this Wednesday, which I'm really looking forward to. And, you know, just got awards and stuff like that for them. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to that. And let, let them know that we're coming back to coach them next year. And I'm really looking forward to taking that title and actually letting those girls experience what it feels like to be a champion because they came so close. They came so close. But I know you guys hear um, my TV in the background. I know you hear my wife snoring. But um, <laughs> let's let you guys know that I, I really didn't feel like going in, going in, uh, turning on my microphones and everything else. I got to get started in there where we actually record the podcast because I didn't want to bother the kids and stuff. We still trying to get their actual rooms together where um where they will have their own space. I mean, my daughter's got their own rooms, but, you know, the boys still want to be around each other, so they're sleeping in the living room right now where, the, where their TV is. And my wife and I's room is off to the side so we can actually see see them now. That's why I stopped a little bit uh, earlier to make sure Mikey was okay in there. But, uh, <laughs> like I said, guys, this is real. This is real podcast. You know, I don't try to sugarcoat nothing. I don't try. Like I said, you hear the background music. You heard my wife snoring all episode. But, uh, <laughs> but like I said, guys, you know, this is just me being up. I just wanted to talk, honestly, because I appreciate you guys. love you guys. You're my friends. You're my family. Like I said, if anything that I can help you with, don't feel free. Feel free to let me know. Let me know what that is. And let's come together and maybe we can find a solution. Maybe I can help you see things differently. Maybe you can help me see things differently. Who knows? But let's stick together. Because that's the only way we're going to make a change. You know, I love you guys. Appreciate you all. GMH, I want peace.